This week's major spoilers podcast goes out to Patrick Nolan. He sounds a little bit Irish, but I don't do an Irish accent very well, so I'm going to be Scottish for no reason. And I think Patrick is actually the same as Patrick, only spelled a little differently. Either way, Patrick Nolan, this one goes out to you. There's a little Shatner in there, too. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue that's it it's over it's all over the wonka contest is all over but who found the golden ticket chameleon's back and he does indeed border on the adriatic somewhere in a wheat field a yaris echoes with the sounds of silence 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 it's a carbohydrate laden smackdown as the dark lord of the crunchy corn goodness goes head to head with the greatest naval mind that Quaker Oats has to offer, and only their hairdressers know for sure. What does that mean? I don't know, but according to the media, he only dabbled in witchcraft, and now a haiku. Tiny little dinosaur, wordless story time. What up with that? Remember, folks, I'm not a saxophone, but I play one on CD. We promise we won't be discussing red states, mudslinging, or anybody's malaise, but if we're lucky, we might get Schleicher to talk about his prostate. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air! Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's issue of the Major Spoilers Podcast. First story up out of the gate this week, the size of my prostate. Holy crap, I'm 40! Oh, it's like a like a wiener schnitzel. <laughs> No, we're not going to be talking about anything quite as interesting as that. In fact, we're going to be talking about comic books, comic book news, reviews. Wait, did you just imply that somehow your prostate is more interesting <laughs> than comic books? Because if that's what you're saying, that's where you're right. <laughs> well, before we get into actual comic book talk, we're going to talk about some comic book related movie talk. And I'm just going to throw all right. I'm just going to throw these out there and see what Matthew thinks of all of them. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, we left the wheel of morality in Rodrigo's Yaris. Yes, unfortunately, and it's out in, in Quinter somewhere, I think. I don't know. Quinter? Uh, I hardly... I don't know. He's shooting another football game, something or other. Last week's game went into quadruple overtime. So, uh... I was completely there. in love, like, gone in love with, with a girl Rodrigo? from Quinter. Oh. No, a girl from Quinter. Stay with me here. Okay. Anyway, Matthew, they're making a Dark Hi Child there. movie. You remember Dark Child? Are you threatening me? That Maximum Image Homage Comics Wildstorm thing? Wasn't... I thought that for some reason Dark Child I always thought was a Rob Liefeld joint. Uh, more of a... I don't know, but... That, no, I don't think so. No, that's not a Rob Liefeld thing. Okay. But uh, they're making a movie out of it. Okay. And it looks like John Carpenter is going to direct it. Okay. And what a workshop out of New Zealand. The people that do all the Hobbit stuff, they're going to be doing the special effects. Matthew, reaction, go. Um, I, I heard that the real Diana is coming back to V this season. Well, no, that show's getting canceled, unfortunately. <laughs> you don't care about the Dark I don't, Child comic book? Honestly, I don't. I've never read it. Whenever I hear about it, I'm like, oh, Dark Child, I've heard of that. Isn't that like Rob Liefeld's Witchblade or something? <laughs> kind of, kind of, sort of. Um, if Rodrigo were here, he would know, but unfortunately yeah, he's like, probably, I have a day job. I, yeah. Which carries over into the nighttime. The horror. 
They finally the revealed horror. the Superman Lives costume design. Have you seen this thing up oh, on the Spoilers.com website? God in Nicholas heaven. Cage it looks is like, going to wear this thing. It looks like Tron threw up over John Henry Irons. <laughs> it kind of does, actually. It is. Oh, man, that costume puts the ug in ugly. Now put uh, put uh, Nicholas Cage in there, and then what, what reaction do you have? No. Some people have no, actually I... said it looks kind of cool. Well, it does, but it doesn't look kind of cool as a Superman costume. I don't understand it. I don't understand. Were they going to be doing do. electric Superman? Is that what this Maybe was? Maybe that's what it was, because it's got all this fiber optic. Well, that's the electric stuff. Superman logo, and it's got all the glowy electric, you know, uh, look at me, I'm trapped in some sort of bubble thing. What do they call those things? A Tesla coil? It looks like one of those. Oh, is that what it's supposed to look like? I don't know. Test the coils. I don't know, but it co- looks pretty weird. And the uh, the costume designer, the the effects designer, posted those images up on his Facebook page. Pretty interesting. Some pretty interesting things to look back and see what kind of bullet that Superman dodged. Uh, what about Conan? You care uh, about Conan at all? Superman doesn't dodge bullets. Superman <laughs> gets hit gun. by bullets and doesn't care. <laughs> and then he dodges the gun. After and then he dodges the gun. Exactly. <laughs> I do care about Conan uh, in a general sense that one of my coworkers kind of looks like that point where James Earl Jones was half transformed <laughs> into the snake as Sadoom. Well, you know what, Jason? Um, I, I'll be Jason interested Momoa, to see how it plays. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Jason Momoa is going to be playing Conan in this upcoming movie. And it's finally, what is it? Momo. Momo? Okay. Well, the movie is finally going to get a theatrical release date of August 19th, 2011. PG-13 rating probably means yeah. no boobies. When's the 3D version coming out? Oh, it is being shot in 3D, or it is being released in 3D. I don't know if it was shot in 3D, but definitely being released in 3D. Boo. Well, they not, say everything's, that now. not everything's going to be released in 3D. I mean, the third Batman movie... Christopher Nolan has said, no way, I'm putting my foot down, no 3D for the new uh, Batman film, which has now a title, The Dark Knight Rises. It will be shot entirely in IMAX, though. What do you think of that title, The Dark Knight Rises? You you can't poo-poo 3D and then shoot in IMAX. Sure you can. That's like saying, I'm going to take the moral high ground and only kill three people. Yeah, but IMAX is not a 3D format. It doesn't matter. IMAX is a funny, you know, hippy-dippy format that only certain people can see in certain special theaters. No, no, no. I mean, it's the same it's, thing. It's like shooting something on a uh, big old Genesis camera and then playing it on an SD set. <laughs> you don't want to give me the Genesis camera. <laughs> Let me tell you something about IMAX, and this is problematic for me. V for Vendetta was shot for IMAX. I've seen V for Vendetta three times, once in an IMAX theater, once in a regular, you know, handy dandy, creepy guy. Oh, I have to check with the manager running a digital camera from the back of the room theater and once on television. Played well in IMAX, played well on TV, the regular theater. It felt like it was pan and scanned and it may have been just my, you know, my psychic bambiness going here, but I feel like it's the same thing to me. I'm glad we're not going to have 3D Batman simply because of the size of the codpiece, but I think that shooting in an IMAX is kind of the same thing. What's psychic Bambiism? You never heard of psychic Bambiism? No. Sometimes I have a moment where I'm like psychic Bambi and I can see the future. <laughs> your mother's going to get a- shot and your forest is going to burn down. Doom and gloom, <laughs> Bambi. Doom and gloom. Because I'm a telegraph. <laughs> I can read your mind. Okay. All right. I like the uh, I like the idea of this uh, Dark Knight Rises. I still wonder who the villain's going to be, though. 
and how they're going to put this um, together. You think I, I want to see the, the return? You think we're going to see the return of Two Face? Could be, could be Two Face. Could be you know, the thing that is not going to happen as much as we want. I hear people online who are like, "We should do somebody new, like Crazy Quilt or Mister Josh <laughs> or the Killer Croc." And well, I'm like, know, "No, it's it, well." Zaz was in the uh, first film. He had a brief cameo brief. in the first film. Uh, Nolan yeah. has said that it's not going to be Mister Freeze. It's not going to be the Riddler. He has said that the Penguin is problematic. Um, you know, we had a poll a couple of weeks ago, and I'd mentioned Killer Croc and, and the Swamp Thing. But what if it's Hugo Strange? That would be interesting. Especially if they use the Hugo Strange Monster Man story, or is that the, the sequence from Legends of the Dark Knight where Strange stole the Batman identity? Yes. And then buried Bruce Wayne in a coffin and eventually shot himself in the head. Yes. Wait. That's Craven. My bad. <laughs> I get them confused because they're the same story. Did you see these new uh, Captain America pictures? I did. What do you think of these? We've got Chris Evans as Captain America. Yeah. Some people are going. I like. Well, his hair's just not blonde enough, and his eyes aren't blue enough. Well, you will recall when the Invisible Woman was cast. Yes. People were like, "She's not blonde enough." Well, the thing is. The reason people in movies are blonde like Chris Evans is because that's how people are blonde in real life. Captain America came from comic books where the only way to show blonde hair, there were four colors, basically. Right. There was black hair. There was blonde hair. There was bright orange hair. And then there was blue hair. Those are the four kinds of hair you got. So but Superman had I don't have a hair. problem with that. Superman right. and Bruce Batman had, had blue hair. Right. Um, and if you look at Captain America, he had yellow hair. And then we had... Uh, Peter Parker had Peter that Parker. weird orange-brown hair. Okay. And then there are some people like uh, Wonder Woman has just the black hair. Mm. I will say this, though, looking at the stills, I like the 40s technology. Yeah, I love it. But I am, I am completely frightened by how homoerotic the sequence is, even though he's looking at a girl <laughs> with uh, him running around with his shirt off. Man, he's beating Where he up. just steps out of... He has beefed up. Is that up. really him, though? I'm Is that really guess. him? I don't know. It doesn't look like he's pulled a uh, Ricardo Montalban or anything. Okay. Ricardo <laughs> Montalban did not wear a fake chest in The Wrath of Khan. This I'm, is a, a a true known fact. You can find this in any on, on any internet website out there because the internet is always right. What do you think of these Hugo weaving as the Steven, skull? Where are we now, Stephen? We are on the internet. Do not cast asparagus at the internet. We're standing yes, on the table, dude. What do you think of these uh, Hugo Weaving as the Red Skull image? There's only one. I haven't seen him as the Red Skull. I've seen him in Nazi garb. Well, he's not actually in Nazi garb. That's the thing. And that's the thing that I find so interesting about this film is every villain outfit that we see from the Hugo Weaving image to the people on the uh, motorcycle, Hydra soldiers. Nowhere do we see Nazis, which I find very interesting. Well, they do intend to give this a national release, right? Right, international release, yeah. So, I mean, an international does include Germany, right? Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever read a history book in Germany, but um, (laughs) there's a big break between about 1920 and 1938. And if you ask people, they're like, oh, no, we were all on vacation. (laughs) I just find it interesting. Is he the Red Skull or is he Baron? 
No, he's the Red Skull. He is because if that's Hydra, he looks like Baron Strucker, and the guy in the background is that guy. Yeah, yeah. The, from the, the, uh, the, the Mist, I think. Oh, I thought. Yeah, the guy with the Wiener Schnitzel. Yeah, yeah. I Dude, decided, you took my I, schnitzel. I, I like the old shield, the old, uh, you know, the uh, Captain America shield, shield, the old. What is it? Uh, uh, Calvary shield, the, or whatever it is. The, the shield, shield that looks like shield. Yeah, the one that looks. I like, like the, the sequence, the one where you can see the torn leather jacket, and you can yes. see the blue underneath, and the A on his on his helmet. Is that an A or is it a star? Uh, if you look really closely, there's just this little gap. And, of course, the star is – if it can't be a star because it's got a uh, hard top on it. Stars can have hard tops. Oh, I don't think so. You're saying that stars can only be convertibles? Yes, they have to be. Okay, <laughs> Stephen, 700,000 convertibles. people of Hebrew descent would like to discuss <laughs> with you your, your understanding of the, the star. No, no, it's got a pointy top. This one doesn't have a pointy top. That's an A. That's definitely an A. And if you look down a little bit lower, you can see where the gap in the uh, middle part of the A is. Okay, I'll buy that. Yes. I like the I shot like the of the shield. I, yeah, it's all. I think it's all good. Even see I missed the his. flexible flyer, but I'm sure it will make his appearance later. What is film. the flexible flyer? Just, oh, when I was a kid, a flexible flyer was a certain kind of sled. Oh. And okay. I had one. That we tried to paint to look like Captain America's shield. You could right. buy them in any Walmart, I think. Oh, a I little know what plastic, you're yeah, those little circular sled. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about now. But from uh, from what I'm seeing, I think all of the images here are from. They're going to have to be early in the film. They're in the 40s. They're in this. I'll bet you this is going to break down to like 10 minutes of film when it's all told. No, the entire movie takes That's place. That's their in the origin. 40s. The entire no, movie takes place during the 40s. This is the origin here, and then we have the guys on the motorcycles. It can't take place in the 40s. Look at the tires on those on those bikes, man. <laughs> Advanced technologies. You shut your hole. Yeah, I'm excited about this Captain America film. I think it's going to be really good. Really, really yeah. good. And if listeners, if you haven't seen any of these stories that we're talking about, just go over to Majorspoilers.com. You can do a search. We've got a great search engine going. You can look under movies. Yep. Go scroll down to the bottom where it says where we're right, what we're writing about. And you can click on movies, and you can find all of the most recent movie stories, including yep. um, some uh, stuff about the Walking Dead TV series, uh, although I don't know why that's mm -hmm. under movies. Uh, we've got some stuff on Kevin Smith's Red State uh, that's yep. up there. Really good stuff. Even if, you, stuff if you look far enough, you might actually run into the stuff written by Jack Trigger. Yes, Jack Trigger, which, that guy. Uh, which is still, to make me angry, some of the most popular stuff we've ever written. <laughs> well, I'm know, very jealous of what, Jack. And we, the, we need those to, young kids these days, they're able to bring in the uh, the talkity-talkity and the schmackity-schmackities. But uh, that's Jack. You know, now but that yeah, I'm 40, I'm new, not nearly as cool. <laughs> we got a lot of new uh, writers on the site. We've got uh, Mike, what's his we name, do. Mike McCarty? I think it's Mike McClarty. Mike McClarty. Yep. Hello, my name is Mike McClarty. We, McClarty. Uh, yeah, Mike Mike is, uh, yeah. And, and of course, uh, George Shimple's known from the movie uh, Super Troopers. Yeah, for uh, having a cartoon character named after him. Oh wait, okay. that was Johnny Chimpo. I was okay. that confused. All right, a lot of good stuff. Of course, going Scott on. Hunter has been with us a while. Yes, he has. That rotten Rodrigo actually sat down and wrote something to make up for his uh, absence today. Yes, if you want to read about uh, Dungeons and Dragons new Red Box edition, you might yeah. want to go check that out. It's really the that's, and if you want to know. Who is the man with dragons, Superman's liver? Oh, yeah, there's a hero you, history. Retro review. A retro review, actually. Oh, okay. Retro review. 
My hero history for Sunday was prepared, and then I went and I clicked something, and everything disappeared, and my images were gone, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go cry now. But then really? I went on. Really? Yeah. I'm not sure what happened. All right. Um, I, 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 oh, it's I'm probably something. Into, on me. I'm going to look into that while you tell us a little bit about our major spoilers 2010 costume contest winner. Hi there. My name's Matthew. I work for major spoilers. And by work, I mean, I'm enslaved. Please help me. I'm being held captive. Quiet. In Chinese inter- Sorry. This year, as with every year, we held our major spoilers costume contest. Allowing the creative types at Major Spoilers and those who are faithful spoilerites to dress up like goons and, you know, make us all feel bad that we're fat and can't wear costumes. <laughs> this year, we had several finalists. Among them were, uh, let's see, an orange lantern and a purple lantern and uh, a couple of, yeah, no, well, the, we the finalists, uh, yellow Orange Lex right. Luthor. We had a yep. star set. We had, uh, yep. By the way, Sapphire, two Ps. Oh, really? That's a PP. I, I thought H I R E. More like like a, suffering Sappho. Two two Cs or something there. No, 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 no. It's two Ps. Oh, okay. Uh, we have uh, a ba ba ba. A phenomenal Big Barda. The Big yeah, Barda. The Big Barda one was good. The Big Barda was quite an achievement for me, actually, and that was just like ooh, I'm like a ooh. <laughs> In, not just because there was an attractive young lady in it, although there was an attractive young lady in it, it was really, really well done. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who the other ones were as I scramble well, through Well, we website. had Big Barda, we had Huntress, we had a really good Jim Lee's uh, version of Huntress in there, Mockingbird, Very Orange good Lantern, Jim Lee, Huntress. Star Sapphire. All really good, mm-hmm. all really good, all deserving. I mean, when we look at oh, it, yes. the winner of this contest, this is how far apart people were. The winner of this contest had 496 votes. Second place had 461 votes, and third place had yeah. 421 votes. So 70 votes really so separating. It was, it was very close. And our there. winner, yeah, polling has closed. Fox News is predicting <laughs> that with 1,792 votes in, Mockingbird is the winner of the 2010 right. Major Spoilers Costume Contest. Her name is Jen. I'm not going to give away her last name. Uh, she's from Atlanta. <laughs> Not for free, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she's from Atlanta, and uh, now is that Jen's real hair, that. or does the Mockingbird contest? Uh, no, that uh, she has blonde hair because one of the requirements of uh, entering the contest is everybody has to send me a picture of themselves out of their costume mm-hmm. in regular street clothes, and her out of costume picture uh, does have like blonde hair. It's not like Steve Rogers' blonde hair, but it is well, what we would con- classify as blonde hair. So congratulations to her. She wins an iPod Nano. She's going to contact me and tell me uh, what color she she likes the most, and I will get that out to her, as well as the Starro uh, action figure set that um, Mattel had for sale a few months ago and then completely sold out in like 15 minutes. So congratulations, yep. and, and if you – and really, congratulations to everybody who entered because yeah. it takes and a lot thank of balls you to, to put yourself – out there in front of everybody with with your picture and stuff, and uh, so you get some kudos for that. And, and I just think all the costumes, or probably especially last year and this year, really fantastic stuff, fantastic stuff. Oh yeah, Matthew, go and check. I mean, your, some uh, of the go and check your drafts again, and and we'll have some stuff there to make you happy. So I have a draft. Yes, go back into your drafts, and then you can see I'm your, your history. 
So the hero history. A lot you found of it? stuff going on over at Majorspoilers.com. <laughs> We're glad that you go and visit that every <clears throat> single day. Uh, the more the better, the more the merrier, the more people that you can get coming to the site, the more great things that we can do because it attracts more attention. You can scroll all the way down to the bottom of the site and you can see our most popular stories of today and our most popular stories of all time. Yes, I know that there is a three after that. That is a programming error that the developer, the plugin developer is working on as we uh, I thought it was the most popular today cubed. Well, which meant that, that too. Yeah, and finally, for the first time in weeks, Matthew appears on the most popular list, briefly. Which one? Uh, On the most popular today list. Oh, most popular today? I showed up for a couple of minutes on the most popular of all time list, and I realized why. Action Comics 894. It was, there was a review that was right before vote for the finalists. Oh. Yeah, and for a minute, too. it appeared on the most popular of all time list. So I was just like, woohoo, I'm on the list. Oh. <laughs> so many great stories over at Major Spoilers. Please check them out. And a big thank you again to uh, Padraig uh, Nolan. Padraig Nolan. I don't know how to pronounce your name. Patrick, I'm sorry. Padraig Nolan. Who uh, gave us a uh, some Patrick donation. Nolan. Got his name shouted out at the top of the show. <laughs> and if you want to get a shout out at the top of the show, all you got to do, just like him. Head over to Majorspoilers.com, click on that uh, Make a Donation button, donate $10 or more to the cause, and we'll give you that shout-out at the top of the show. Listener email. I debated whether to do this this week, Matthew, because you know I know it drives you insane when I dive deep yeah, into our listener email, email bag. You know what's really weird, though? It's not the most annoying noise on recent podcasts. For some reason, I kept hearing a weird noise in my audio on the Saturday show. And at this point, I'm like, yes, rattle the paper and cover whatever noise is coming through my mic. Is it satellite? That was. Anyway, Christopher writes and he says, Hi, guys. I would really like to thank you. Your adventures in Critical Hit and the Major Spoilers podcast have really helped me through some quite a quite difficult breakup. I haven't read comics in a few years, partially because of money and the rest because of my ex fiance who thought it was too nerdy. And that's why she deserves to be your ex fiance, Christopher. <laughs> I live in England and don't have a reliable comic book store anywhere near me, but I've read Scott Pilgrim on your recommendation and loved it. As a massive fan of The Authority, I really enjoyed your podcast about them. Sadly, I haven't read any of their other books since book two of Revolution and haven't seen any new ones at the local bookstores. Anyway, I was wondering if you guys could recommend me some comics to read. I like The Authority, The Ultimates, Watchmen, Preacher, and 2000 AD and Spawn. Thanks for your time, guys. I look forward to hearing your response. I've met a new girl now, by the way, who's a total nerd over the Watchmen. And that, Christopher, is why you like her. Because she's cool and she's nerdy and poo-poo on that ex-fiancé of yours. Away with her. Gentlemen and ladies, if you have someone in your life that is telling you you need to give up your passion, something that you love, well then, I say that person doesn't belong in your life. Steven. Yes, sir. We are not the Dr. Phil show, and a couple of fat old married men are not the people to be giving relationship advice to the go-go yes, youth of today. Yes, it is, because here's the thing. You and I have are both married. Me twice. Right. You once. Me twice. No, you No, once, I've been married twice. twice, too. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So see, we you are Tarzan, PJ, her patient. <laughs> so uh, Christopher wants to know what he and his uh, new love can do in the way of comic books. 
Exciting and new. Is the top 25 uh, comic books, the trades you need to be reading, still on the forums? Yeah, you know, if you head over to the Majorspoilers.com forums, you just go over to Majorspoilers.com. Up there at the top, you'll see a little button for community, a little menu for community. Go over there and mm-hmm. look under the section called Trades You Should Be Reading. And um, we've got a list. It was actually a poll that we set up. But we had a list of 25 mm-hmm. trades that we thought people should uh, consider and we still have a lot of them up there. Watchmen, The Dark Knight Returns, Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm-hmm. 52. If you can get that, that's a great series if you like DC Comics. Um, DC's Absolute New Frontier, The Invincible mm-hmm. Omnibus Edition, uh, Absolute yeah. Sandman. I'm sure you've read Sandman and, before, Christopher. And based on the things that you know Christopher likes, I would also recommend um, Planetary. Yes. I think would probably good. Uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yes. Don't let the movie fool you. It's actually a really good book. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're looking at the things that are really interesting in kind of that bombastic way, The Golden Age is a great one. Oh, I love that series. I w- oh, yeah. I would you, say that. If you haven't read Brian K. Vaughn's the first volume of Runaways, that first series that came out, definite must read, mm-hmm. especially if you're a young, young, young one. Or if you're an old one. A hey, young whatever. one. Young one or an old one. And Astro City. Yes. Astro, Astro City. City will change your mind about super comics. No matter what your brain says, it will change your mind. Even if you say comics are made of stinky poop, it will change your mind. <laughs> you will think that this is the best stinky poop you've ever read and put in a bag Indeed. and sealed in, sealed in a comic book drawer. Michael says, Well, I don't hey, know guys. if you want to steal <laughs> poop. Hey, guys, says Michael. Just listen to your Back to the Future <laughs> podcast. And the question was raised about the DeLorean and a few other things. Um, the novelization, which I forgot to bring up during the show because I actually read the novelization of Back to the Future before I saw the movie. And that was something that I was kind of big into in the 80s, uh, was reading a lot of the novelizations of the movies before I went and saw them. Kind of early spoiler, but it also filled in a lot of the blanks. And I think, as Michael is saying here, um, a lot of the blanks from that movie are filled in in that book. But he wants to uh, clear up the fact we said, well, why did he choose a DeLorean? And we kind of passed over this. We didn't really mention it in depth. But it was not just because he wanted to go in style, but because the stainless steel body was ideal for conducting the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity needed to uh, get the flux capacitor up to its speed. Um, and this we also kind of knew. I think we were kind of making more of a joke about it. But Michael says, Doc working with terrorists. It's explained that Doc knows they're terrorists and the terrorists approached Doc on processing uranium for a bomb. Doc needed a strong radiation power source for time travel. And this was an excellent opportunity. Doc also knew uh, he'd also prevent the creation of the bomb. He just didn't account that the terrorists would come for him when he stole the uranium. And that's from uh, Michael, also known as Atomic Knight, over on the website. And he's atomic because of the plutonium under his bed. Yes, down there in uh, Command D. Um, Matt says, not Matthew, but Matt says, Hi, Stephen. I was listening to the Back to the Future podcast this morning, and you commented about there not being any toys for the movie. Um, I'm fairly certain you're right about there not being anything for the movie. Well, I did say that, um, uh, what is it, uh, Art Asylum, the um, uh, Diamond Select Toys. They have... You can get a Back to the Future license plate. You can get um, some toy DeLoreans that I talked about. There's also some mini um, uh, minifigs, not minifigs, uh, mini mates. Some Kubricks. that are in the yeah 
uh, that are in that Back yeah. to the Future design, but nothing, you know, like a big push. And that's what, what I was talking about with Mattel. But Matt says that um, McDonald's did have a line of Happy Meal toys for the cartoon series, which we didn't talk about on the show. There was a set of four pieces, Marty on the hoverboard, Doc in the DeLorean, Einstein in the train, and one of Doc's kids in something. eBay's got a few sets of them up right now and thought I'd give you a heads up. Thank you for everything that you and the rest of the major spoilers and critical hit do. Matt. I like that. I was surprised. There are a lot of people that have downloaded and listened to that Back to the Future podcast that we did. In fact, one person yeah. commented saying, hey, I really like that you guys talked about the movies, movies, even though we really kind of focused on one. like that you talked about right. them in depth. You should do more of those in the future. <coughs> so We could certainly do that. Yeah, Next up, the black hole. Uh, didn't we do? We did Tron not too long ago. Uh, fairly in depth because that was one of Matthew's favorite favorite movies as well. But yeah, we You're can do black Tron. hole. We can do black hole. Is that the one? You know that the, the black hole was the last uh, nor- the last American movie to have an overture. Oh really? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> and this is about the point where we have Rodrigo go anyway. <laughs> Time to move on to some reviews. Reviews. We are moving quite a moving right along tonight. I like this. <clears throat> I like moving this. right along. You know, everybody it'll says it'll that I'm a big DC head, and that all I read and review is you, DC Comics. Everybody? That's what everybody says. I thought it was just Jack Strawman who said that. <laughs> Doesn't he work for Fox News? I think you're right, yes. Okay, all right. Jack well, then, Strawman everybody. and uh, the Strawman <laughs> With all their fair balance coverage that they do. Spider-Man, Ultimate Comics, <clears throat> Ultimate quote-unquote comics Spider-Man, issue number 15. You just 15. love that little red This is the problem that I have with it. They totally, and, and, I'm gonna, and I'll just go ahead and get my whole rant out now before I do the review. They totally changed the direction of the entire Ultimate Marvel Universe. And uh-huh. they decided that, hey, we are going to rebrand this and give everything a new number one on it so it seems new and fresh to the kids and we got a whole new direction and story and all this stuff and everything now will be called Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. And you look at the GD cover and what does it say? It says Ultimate Spider-Man. It does not say Ultimate did, Comics Spider-Man. Okay. Did you read uh, previews this month? Oh, yes. Guess what? And this is part of my rant. Guess what next month is? With issue Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man number 16, guess what? It's the 150th issue of Ultimate Spider-Man. No, sir. I'm kind of agreeing with you, Matthew, and how you hate this arbitrary renumbering of comics and not even doing it right. You cannot have it two ways. You cannot have Ultimate Comics number one Spider-Man. And you cannot have Ultimate right. Spider-Man number one, and you can't have Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number 16 and call it Ultimate Spider-Man 150. You cannot have it the same way. You either renumber every six months, or you keep the same damn numbering system, and you say, hey, guess what? You want to get into Spider-Man? Ultimate Comics number, uh, Spider-Man number 16 is a great jumping on point. Or you just leave it Ultimate uh, Spider-Man number 150, and you say, hey, I know it's number issue 150, but it's a great jumping on point. And let's not get into Matthew's argument about how Wonder Woman 600 is not really Wonder Woman 600 or Captain America 700 is not Captain America <coughs> 700. You can't have it both ways, publishing companies. You either leave it 
going as is or you reboot with a new number one every six months. That's all I'm going to say. Matthew, would you like to join? All right. <laughs> uh, well, I will say this. <laughs> Apparently, you can have it both ways because they did. They relaunched with number one, and then they're going back to the 150 numbering starting with the next issue. But here's the thing. It's an ultimate comic, so it doesn't matter because it didn't yes, really it happen. That's ultimate right. comics are just fan fiction. Right. Yeah, Ooh, by, let's by, rewrite by. stories that were already written. So Only uh, this time, Gwen is a lesbian. Actually, she's alive, and she's a, a clone, and she's also Carnage, or it was at one point Carnage. It's confusing. 11-24-10 when, is when Spidey's 150th issue comes out. Um, so here's what's cool about this issue. Basically, um, the coolest part about this entire issue comes at about page, what is it, eight in the book. Uh, the recovering... J. Jonah Jameson, publisher of the Daily Bugle, is recovering from a shot in the head from the Chameleon Twins, or whatever they're calling themselves. And he's hearing all these stories going on about how Spider-Man is a terror, and Spider-Man needs to be brought down, because what was happening before is these Chameleon Twins uh, could change and look like Spider-Man, and they were going on a crime spree. So now everyone thinks Spider-Man's a bad guy. Except, when J. Jonah Jameson was bleeding out on the floor, uh, when he was being held hostage, along with Peter Parker... J. Jonah Jameson discovered that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And you would think that J. Jonah Jameson would, wouldn't be able to hold himself down and release to the world that he knows who Spider-Man is. Instead, what he does, and again, the Daily Bugle essentially has been, I don't know, I, don't, I, I think after Ultimatum, uh, the Bugle is no longer a print paper, but it's an online newspaper. And he goes forward and he tells and gives his entire account of everything that happens. He says he does know who Spider-Man really is, but because he believes in this person, uh, he is going to fight tooth and nail to make sure that his identity is always protected and that um, everybody who's saying bad things about Spider-Man will retract those things. It's the best moment of the entire issue. Because here's J. Jonah Jameson, who we know for years... As somebody who stands up and down and says, Spider-Man's a menace. Bring me Spider-Man. Bring me the head of Spider-Man. Parker, give me pictures of Spider-Man so I can tear him apart in the newspaper. Total change. And I love that about this character. Everything else about the issue? Boring. It's all because the Chameleon Twins went in and messed with Gwen's mind, messed with MJ's mind, thinking that Peter was in love with him or not in love with him or whatever. It's all this emotional BS about, oh, do you love me or do you not love me? And that's Peter asking MJ this. Do you love me or do you not love me? I'm sorry. And Gwen going all nuts. And um, Linda, da uh, what's her name? Linda Danvers, Danvers, going all crazy on, on Peter Parker. Carol Danvers, isn't it? Carol Danvers. And, um, and Aunt May getting all emotional with Peter Parker. That's what this issue is about. Mm. It's kind of a reset. We've had this pretty, I don't, I wouldn't say it's an important story arc. But we have this pretty interesting arc that has these clones, or I mean, I'm sorry, these uh, chameleon characters running around impersonating Spider-Man. And now his life is in shambles, and we're back to the, oh gosh, golly darn, isn't Peter Parker's life terrible? But we get this fantastic change in the direction of J. Jonah Jameson, and I like that. Now, granted, next issue it may be all washed away since we're going back to the old numbering system, but uh, <coughs> it's, it's an average issue. It's not bad. 
Um, the art, um, I guess is by Pacelli. It's not Eminem and it's not, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sarah, uh, Pacelli. It's not Eminem and it's not, um, who was the other person doing the art on that series? Matthew. Mark Bagley. Started yeah, it. yeah. Bagley. It's not their art. So it's quite different, uh, than what you may be used to. I was not particularly fond of it. I think not because of, uh, Pacelli's style, but because the inker and the colors just go way over the top. Heavy, thick lines. It looks like everybody's wearing mascara. The coloring, mm-hmm. I, I just don't care for. I mean, maybe everybody is wearing mascara. I don't know with kids these days. Um, but overall, well, you know, those young people. end of the day, uh, Ultimate Comics, Spider-Man number 15, is really only deserving of two out of five stars. Ooh. It's, I mean, I want to see what happens with issue 150. <coughs> I really do. And I'll buy I, it. I'm, I'm a... I am a diehard Ultimate Spider-Man fan. I really like this series. I've been through it since the beginning. I'll be with it for another 150 issues. But uh, this one, not not so great in the vast catalog of uh, retellings of Spider-Man tales. Yeah. So there you well, go, and fans. There you go, fans. Given that, you know, you did cover a Marvel comic, and I, you know, I think I've reviewed two Marvel comics in a row for the website. Yeah. In the interest of fair and balanced, <laughs> I've decided to go ahead and cover a Marvel comic. What? <clears throat> because really, well, we I'm going to take Marvel a moment here, and I want to, I want to address this again. I've addressed this before, and I will address this again. I owe no allegiance to any comic book publisher. Oh, no, neither do I. A- Ain't nobody paying the fat man salary. And by nobody, I mean, ain't nobody paying the fat man a <laughs> Is salary. That a hint? Is that a hint? And I'm just saying <laughs> the Luthor dollars are getting fewer and further between. Oh, but boy, I more importantly, story so. I am not going to sit back and go, well, I've covered a Marvel. Now I need to cover a DC. Now I need to cover an image. Now I need to cover a Dark Horse. That's not the way this works. When I review stuff, I review what strikes my fancy. And what yes. struck my fancy this week Avengers number six, based on the strength of the cover. Now, back in the day, with, uh, when Jim Shooter. Peel? Yes, the Avengers. Peel, yes. Steed and Mrs. Peel. <laughs> back in the day, at Jim Shooter's Marvel, I don't know if you remember the uh, X Men cover where Phoenix is grabbing and smashing the logo in her hands. When they proposed this to editorial, editorial said, you can't do that. You can't futz with the logo because it's wrong and people won't identify the book. And they did it anyway, and it's an iconic cover. And now that's led to things getting smashed. And the cover of this month's Avengers, Avengers number six, this is adjectiveless Avengers, not secret Avengers, mighty Avengers, Avengers Academy, uh, glow in the dark Avengers, great lakes Avengers, uh, Avengers. New Avengers, Old Avengers, Ultimate, Ultimate Medium Avengers, Avengers, Big Petey, Little Petey, Jimmy the Woman, Joe Bag of Donuts, Regular Petey, <laughs> so is Irregular there, Petey. Is there a character <clears throat> no. in the Marvel Universe that isn't on a, an Avengers team? Yes. The 3D Man. Now, <laughs> as I was saying, Thor and the Hulk are duking it out, and it's an exciting, wonderful scene, and they're smashing the logo and crushing the thing, and the stupid little quarter box that talks about the Avengers on Disney XD is getting smashed, and it's an awesome scene, and I'm like, ooh, this is awesome. Doesn't appear in the comic. What? Uh Uh-huh. Last issue. I hate that. 
I hate that. I really the, do. Well, the Avengers for the six issue arc, and all arcs are six issues. It's the law. The Avengers have split up through two different time frames. Spider Man, Spider Woman, Thor, Hawkeye, and I don't know Emma Peel are in New York in the <laughs> the present day. Uh huh. Captain America. That's Bucky Cap, by the way. Okay. Captain America, Iron Man, Wolverine, and the Protector, aka Marvel Boy, Captain Marvel, Novar of the Kree, have gone forward in time and discovered that time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. So while in another dimension with voyeuristic intention, they have discovered that time is broken because Kang the Conqueror Isn't decided to fight mutant ninja turtles. Yes, that guy. Decided to fight Ultron. At a certain point in time. And every time he lost, Kang would come back with more heroes from different time frames. And eventually, he destroyed the time frame. Ah. Last issue began with the Avengers showing up at that time before all the other heroes and surrendering <clears throat> to Ultron. They have surrendered to Ultron. And Iron Man is telling Ultron exactly what happens. And Iron Man is like, this is what's going to happen. You're going to destroy the world. You're going to destroy the time stream. We need you to let Kang win. Now, John Romita Jr. has gotten some flack, especially on the forums, about the angular uh, nature of his new art and the weird, unattractive things that are happening. His new Ultron redesign is spectacularly ugly, but it's spectacularly ugly in a way that's phenomenal. And there's a sequence where Ultron's face does not change. But Iron Man says, we need you to let Kang win. And with an unchasing metallic face, Ramita manages to give him a what the are you talking about look. (laughs) And Iron Man says, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. Meanwhile, the maestro, the future Bruce Banner, and Iron Man the future Iron Man, are having a discussion. (laughs) And the maestro is apparently sleeping with Spider-Girl, who may or may not be the same Spider-Girl, and the kids from that Avengers cartoon, whom I don't know, by the way, and they are never named. They've never told us anything about them. They've never said anything other than, Marty, it's your kids, Marty. They have not deigned to tell us who the characters are. Yeah, the next Avengers. Oh, and that they're actually in the continuity of the Marvel Comics? They're in the continuity of this wow. Marvel comic series. Okay. They All have right. not been named. All right. Other than saying they're the, the Avengers kids. Interesting. They're in this. And what essentially happens is Kang shows up. They take one shot and Ultron is destroyed. I am destroyed. Oh, no. Ah. Uh, I am dead. Arg. And then everything just kind of warps out. And Kang is like, this isn't the battle I wanted. And he goes away. And the issue ends with Thor showing up in one panel. Remember, Thor is on the cover. Right. Beating up the Hulk. Thor shows up in one panel going, what? The upshot of this whole thing at the end is future Tony Stark gives current Tony Stark uh, what looks to be a, a wireless mouse of some sort to destroy Ultron. And then Kang kills future Avengers, but the kid Avengers kill future Kang, leading us to the point where the first issue of the series began. Oh, that's pretty cool. Where we, where we see the Avengers children kill Kang on panel. That's the moment that started this whole time frame, Framistad, Hubahaba. So there are three things that come out of this issue. 
One, Novar joins the Avengers. So the Protector is now officially an Avenger. Okay. Terrible name. Questionable concept. He'll fit in. Now, secondly, <laughs> there's a big time paradox, and somehow Tony Stark from the future is saving the day so that we know, and it's an Avengers comic, we knew this was going to happen, we know that there's a big Ultron battle coming. Right. Because he now has, you know, the uh, this ultimate doohickey to take out Ultron when the battle comes. So that's kind of a thing. And third, for all intents and purposes, the rest of the arc never happened. Because by going forward in time, they kept the time from breaking. And so essentially, we've had six issues of alternate universe versions of heroes and awesome yeah. little visual things and neat little ideas that aren't going to go anywhere. Makes, makes your or if they spin, are going to go anywhere. Makes your head spin, it sounds like. It sounds like, like our well, discussion last week with Back to the Future. Worse than that, though, because Back to the Future, at least, you know, you get a feeling for Marty McFly. The maestro is never named. The spider girl is never named. They never really do anything. Nothing ever happened. And because of the, the digressive, you know, spin around nature of this time thing, we've gotten to the end now. And it's like a Star Trek episode. Remember the one where they blew up nine times and then at the end it never happened? Great episode, but it left me feeling very unsatisfied. And this whole arc has done that. I like Romita's art. Generally speaking, I don't mind Bendis' dialogue in certain people's mouths. Oh my gosh, I we're going to make our like listeners' heads explode. I know, right? Not only did we review I, two Marvel books, we reviewed two Brian Michael Bendis books. <gasps> and we reviewed them both badly. So two slices of meatloaf. Two slices of meatloaf on this one. Not... Not not the best Avengers book on the title. Not the best Avengers book this week. Hmm. And I, th I think it was the only Avengers book this week. Were there six other Avengers books that came out? Oh, this, there are always six. This. Let me ask you this. This Avengers, yeah. uh, this, this is the Avengers series that had that big kind of um, uh, chalkboard, not chalkboard, but let me show you the map yeah. of the timeline. Is that the one? The map of the future, up? yeah. And I think 52? that that's going... If, 50, 50 issues down the line, I think there's going to be a lot of things that this arc created or set into play. And we're going to go, oh, that's what that meant. But right now, it's just kind of a, oh, all right. That's interesting, though. I don't yeah. know. I kind of like I kind of like um, time travel stories that kind of fold in on themselves and cancel themselves out. There was a great movie from the 50s, and I don't remember the name of it, but it's where this time travelers come from the future to the past, mm -hmm. and they end up, and it's an old movie, like the 1950s, 60s, whatever it was, and they end up getting caught in a time loop for all time. Mm -hmm. uh, and I kind of like that kind of notion, but especially like it when you get caught in the time loop and then you're able to break the time loop. Maybe I'll collect this in trade, but Matthew, you're saying two stars. Two, yeah. Uh, what about for the overall series? Um, two. Uh, this all is right. one of the better issues of the first six Mm -hmm. but none of them have been phenomenal or none of them have really stood out as brilliant. So when did the Hulk show up and, and Thor and he were fighting? Oh, they didn't. It didn't happen. What? I hate that. I really hate that. I really, well, in, in this day I'm and age, the cover you know, I... is, the cover is not meant to be anything other than a pretty picture to get you to buy it. Covers anymore well, are just pinups. Yeah. I, and I don't mind that to be honest. I don't mind. Cause there's this awesome, 
oh, is it Art Appreciation Moment of the Day that's coming up tomorrow, I think, for the Birds of Prey number eight. And it's just a fantastic group shot. Now, I'm sure the, the group appears in the series or in that issue, but it's not like revealing anything too terrible. You know, it's not like it's saying inside the cover, Gwen Stacy dies or anything like that. Um, yeah. Well, it'd be really hard. But Gwen Stacy dies. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's also not faking you out by saying Hulk, Thor, Smackdown, maybe in a few more issues. If you're That's lucky. Like. Yeah. That really should be a, a major spoilers poll of the week uh, for an upcoming week, but not our major spoilers <laughs> poll of the week for this week. Because it's time. We already have this major spoilers poll of the week, 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 It's the most important meal of the day when it comes to coma-inducing, pancreas-killing, sugar-filled cereal. None fit that Saturday morning need to get wound up at 5 a.m. Then Captain Crunch and Count Chocula. <laughs> if the two are tossed into the ring, Matthew, and forced to duke yes. it out over the f- uh, f- fate of your very soul, who would emerge victorious? Captain Crunch or Count Chocula? Sometimes people talk about ninjas, ninjas. versus pirates. Pirates. Ninjas. Yar. Pirates. Yar. Sometimes people talk about cowboys versus knigets. <laughs> And sometimes, and by sometimes, I mean never does anybody talk about sailors versus diabetic vampires. vampires. (laughs) Now, allow me to put this in perspective for some. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I picked based on two expectations. Okay. Okay. One, Captain Crunch. He's a very, very good man. He is a paragon of virtue. Nobody else could wear that hat. Whereas Count Chocula, for all his good nature, for all his chocolatey goodness, is an undead thing from beyond the pale. So, I mean, what this really breaks down to is who'd win, the vampire or the sailor? And, you know, if we're playing (laughs) Soggy Waffle or, or, you know, uh, Limp Biscuit, whatever it is. How does that go? Soggy Biscuit? I don't want to play your I don't either. Game. Never played that game, and I'm never going to play that game. But I'll say Count Chocula would probably not have the edge there. I would give it to Captain Crunch. But if they're going to fight, go with the guy who has the fangs, even if they're fangs of chocolatey goodness that will give you the insulin shot necessary to get you through <laughs> the rest of your morning to offset the huge carbo sugar bomb that you've just eaten. So I chose Count Chocula. Okay, so a lot of people in the forum or in the uh, comment section are like, hey, isn't there already a webcomic that answers this? And um, yes. Horatio Thundercloud says, yes, it's called Breakfast of the Gods. And then uh, Bruce, which I don't know if is our Bruce or not. Yeah, it is. That's our Bruce, Bruce. Goes on to talk about Breakfast of the Gods and how it's fantastic and how the fight ultimate plays out, uh, ultimately plays out between Captain Crunch and uh, Count Chocula, where he gives it to the Count. Um, Dr. Sleepless says, Captain Crunch... He has combat experience, you know. I guess I didn't know that. Besides Chalky, yeah, Captain Horatio Crunch is extremely uh, 
Yeah, he's got a lot of battle experience under his belt. Larry King says he has to give it to the captain. He's a salty dog, unlike the the uh, dainty count. Also, I have a sneaking feeling that Captain would uh, ram his bow of the ship into the black heart of Chocula. You know, that uh, just I, sounds wrong. Yes. I let's like, let's uh, never boot. speak of this again. <laughs> yes, along with the floppy waffle or whatever it is. Captain Crunch would win. As long as he has time to prepare. Any trick to would No! You cannot play the Batman card on Captain Crunch! <laughs> Not Bruce Strait. You're basically Crunch. asking who would win out a fight, Batman or the Joker. No! No! <laughs> Wrong! <laughs> oh, I'm trying to find the All one right, where Space somebody Boots, pulled your LA the, privileges uh, are revoked. <laughs> I'm trying to find the one where somebody pulled out the entire... Uh, oh, here we go. Um, okay, I'd have to go with the captain here. This is, uh, Diagonal. Besides the fact that he's a military man, Captain Crunch is a man of action. He's always out and about adventuring and so forth. Count Chocula might be doing something, uh, dirty. Maybe Frankenberry is there, or, and then somebody else said Booberry. Oh, Brian G said, uh, he'd get the help of Frankenberry, Booberry, and the lesser-known Fruit Brute to kick, uh, the captain. Don't right forget the berries. yummy mummy. The yummy mummy. Now, yes, where we live, months. Matthew, I remember Booberry, yes. and I remember Frankenberry and Count Chocula. I've yes. not seen Fruit Brute. I think he was only an East Coast thing. I do not ever I, remember the Yummy Mummy. Fruit Brute and the Yummy Mummy, I only know from ads in in uh, classic comics. I think they were an East I've Coast. I've never eaten any of these cereals because my grandmother wouldn't let me eat this trash. Oh. And by the time I was grown up enough to buy my own cereal... In college, I was spending my money on beer and porn. <laughs> I went with you, Matthew. I went with Count Chocula, not because he's a vampire in the undead, but because he's a vampire, he has, blah. Because he has the power to turn turn white milk into chocolate milk. Captain Crunch can't do that. He'll make your to- your poop turn green. If you eat Crunch Berries, your poop will turn green. Don't believe me? Eat a couple bowlfuls and then wait a few days. Why do you tell us these things? <laughs> because <Why? laughs> I, tell you, I will tell you, uh, not being a young kid and not you know making a habit of eating Captain Crunch Crunch Berries or, or Count Chocula, any of this stuff. When my son was younger, he wanted, we were going through the store and he wanted some Crunch Berries. And we said, well, okay, we'll give them to him. He can snack on them in the car. And then we're horrified a day later when we changed his diaper, this was, you know, when he was like one, one and a half or something, and there was bright green dookie oh, on the inside. Oh. We totally freaked out. And then we called the doctor, and the doctor said, did you by chance happen to give him any crunch berries? And we're like, yes. And they're like, that's why. It's the dye in the crunch berries that's making your poop turn green. Now, that's Captain Crunch. Uh, Count Chocula, I was asking my son the other day about Count Chocula, and he says, I like that cereal. Because it turns the milk to chocolate milk. And there you go. That's why Captain Crunch is the winner. And because my son said so. You. Although that's not how it's uh, playing out in the Major Spoilers uh, website. Now it looks like the uh, Major Spoilers faithful spoilerites. Uh, 266 votes, 54%. The captain's lead is actually widening. Earlier today it was only 53, 52%. Yeah. 54% of the voters saying Captain Crunch over Count Chocula. And I think it's probably based on that unattractive picture of Count Chocula. Oh, you found. please. Please, it's the because same picture. It's from the same website. That's what everybody because says. Because really. Well, I would have voted for Count Chocula, but the picture that you chose is really not that good. Whatever. 
Whatever. Whatever. Listeners, if you want to Hey, if it was a good argument for Lois Lane two years ago, it's a good (laughs) argument now. It's the same argument. Um, Listeners, if you would like to cast your vote on who would win in this fight, Captain Crunch or Count Chocula, keep in mind, Captain Crunch, green poop, Count Chocula, yummy chocolate milk. Brown milk. All you have to do. So poop-colored milk or milk-colored poop. (laughs) Cast your vote today. Next week, Frankenberry versus the Tricks Rabbit. Undead uh. Golem of Steel versus uh, uh, Quadruped. Uh, let's see how many people can uh, justify that thing. I'm going to go dry my eyes while you guys listen to this, and we'll be right back. Good evening, spoilers. It's five to six here in the UK, and it's already pitch black. The winter is coming on fast. My name is the Dexter 102. And today I'm going to give you a 61 second review of the adaptation of Marjean Satrippi, her autobiographical graphic novel, Persepolis. So here we go, Persepolis in 61 seconds, starting from now. If you haven't read or you haven't seen Persepolis, Persepolis is about a girl who grows up during the Islamic Revolution in Iran, grows up and she goes and lives in vast consumerism in Austria, or what she thinks is vast consumerism. It's a French animation don't bother with a dub. If you're going to watch it, go for the subtitles. But if you really can't do subtitles, then by all means go for the dub. But I would really say try and avoid it if possible. Other than that, you know, it's perfectly fine, well put together. It doesn't have anything like the impact or the emotional weight the uh, graphic novel does. And it's not as good as a graphic novel, but it does echo it very strongly. It's not bad as such. It's just not that good. If you're a fan of the original source material, you are going to like it. And if you like good animation and, you know, very well done hand-drawn animation, you're going to like it. It's just not that well put together. I think I'll give it a strong three and a half for Persepolis. Other than that, you know, peace and love. Hey guys, uh, this is Wu from New York. Um, kimchi pasta in, uh, in your forms. Uh, just listen to your Back to the Future episode and uh had a really good time listening to it and uh very pertinent to your discussions in that issue um i think you guys should all watch triangle it's a a movie i think it came out pretty recently and i don't really know uh much about it except that my friend got me to watch it because he really enjoyed the movie and it is uh, definitely worth watching, and it has uh, it, it has a lot to do with uh, what you guys were talking about in that episode, so uh, I think it'll add to the discussion. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, uh, so you guys will have to find out for yourself. All right, enjoying the show, and uh, keep it up. Hey, Major Spoilers, it's Russ Cat from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, calling. And I just wanted to take a moment to talk about uh, Gone, Volume 1. Um, I first got into Gone, um, my goodness, about uh, 13 years ago uh, when I was in university. Uh, it was being re-released by Paradox Press at the time. And I was just dumbfounded by how amazing the art was. It was like nothing I'd ever seen at the time in comic books. Um, the black and white art of uh, Masashi Tanaka was just beyond belief in its rendering of the wildlife of our planet. Um, the one thing that really struck me was the anthropomorphism of it, of his characters. Um, 
not so much the anthropomorphism you see now in like Disney, like this isn't a mouse on a steamboat whistling along. It's real animals on our planet doing their most basic uh, things in life and really getting an insight to their feelings, or at least what the author thinks their feelings are. The facial expressions of the animals is just um, amazing. The backgrounds are amazing. I love everything about this series, and if you haven't read it yet, I totally recommend that you do. Um, That's pretty much all I have to say about it. Thanks a lot, guys. Keep up the good work. Hey there, Major Spoilers. Sam from Mexico here to tell you my thoughts about Gone. Um... I've read this manga several times. I've actually gone back and revisited right now. And I have to say that even after this much time, it holds up amazingly. It is about this baby T-Rex that just goes around and causes mischief around himself. Basically, the whole thing about the book is gone using his super legs and his super appetite to eat and then sleep and there's one um, chapter of the book where gone is being raised by this flock of golden eagles and eventually tries to fly unsuccessfully of course and that's just fun and then there's one where gone is fighting this huge grizzly bear to get his salmon and that is just plain awesome and then there's one where gun is building this dam so he can um flood the belly so that he can get the salmon and that's just plain cute and funny so any book that can pull a baby t-rex helping a lion hunt by mounting the lion with no text whatsoever and just going around doing mischievous misadventures or whatever you guys want to call it. It's an amazing book for me. Um, I have to say, Five Slices of Meat Love, one of my favorite mangas. And uh, yeah, see you later. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for everybody who calls in and leaves their comments. Or emails their comments to us. You can do that a couple of ways. You can email a, a voice comment. I like I like voice. I like interactions from our listeners. I know Matthew loves interactions from our listeners. Rodrigo, when he's here, loves interactions from our listeners. You could send us an so email. So at least twice a year. That's right. You could send us an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. You could send <laughs> hey, a recorded comment. Don't use his comment. catchphrases. You could send a recorded comment to podcast at majorspoilers.com or you could call the Major Spoilers Hotline and leave your voice comment. And if you want to call the Major Spoilers Hotline, you need to dial this in your phone. Matthew, what is that phone number? What's your name, sir? What? My name? Yeah. It's God, Bob. It doesn't matter what <laughs> your name is. The Major Spoilers Podcast, finally. the hotline has returned to indianapolis now look i got this email from rodrigo and i to be honest i'm gonna have to edit in some of these phone comments after i can't remember if one of these phone comments is from rodrigo or not it might be and if it is great but a couple of weeks ago he's like you know what we need to review gone and i said oh that little orange dinosaur that manga and he's like yes i demand it and we said, okay, we'll put it in the schedule and we will tell everyone out in the world that this week, today, 
November 2nd, 2010, we would review Gone. And guess who's gone this week? Rodrigo. So instead of, of, you know, pushing this off for another week, Matthew and I will trudge through Rodrigo's pick. Rodrigo loves dinosaurs. I still haven't figured out, and we need to ask him that, why he has such an infatuation with dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> anything I say at this point is going to be really mean. Well, well, let's wait for it till he's here so he can defend himself. Then you can be mean all you want. Age, so this week we're talking Gone, little... Volume 1, from Masashi yes, to Nicholas Tanaka. Cage and Angelina Jolie. Yes, in Gone. Stealing cars. Yes. Not quite. Right? This is no? from CMX. This is a that... Japanese import, a manga. And it mm. tells the story of this little dinosaur who is kind of caught between, I don't know, the time when dinosaurs were extinct and, and mammals ruled the earth. Yeah, there's a little time frame thing there. Yeah, that's that's one problem. But he's but he's, he's so cute. cute and adorable. He is cute and adorable. But I man, will say this. Quite the little my, my first instinct in reading this was, oh, God, how are they going to translate this? And there's nothing to translate. Right. There is... No dialogue. This is purely visual storytelling. And on that level, it's actually pretty impressive. Um, you know, it, when we did Lone Wolf and Cub a couple of months ago, right. I remarked on how, you know, we had the characters in that incredibly deep, realistic background. Mm-hmm. And that's back here. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. Know, we have that again, obviously. I the art in this series. I don't know if that's like a manga thing or what. The art in this series is so dense and so intense i mean uh, uh, mm-hmm. masashi uh, tanaka is uh i mean you can see in these pages in this first story with the bear it's like he drew every single hair on this bear hey, it looks so entertaining it looks i mean shading if, if you start at it yeah the shading is amazing there's um I think for the version that I read, I read the original issues. Right. Actually, no. Uh, the version that I read is the Paradox Press reprinting from oh, okay. a million years ago. Yeah, this is the one that I have. In the one and I'm looking at the, like page three or four. There's that big, wide expanse yes. of the river. Uh-huh. And the salmon. And you see those weird fish. Salmon. Attacking or whatever they're doing. They're spawning. And then the bear shows up. But that just that panorama, that yeah. you know, wide angle. It was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like you went to. Yosemite. And then there's a bear, and then there's a bar, and and then there's a bar, and then there's a tiny little T Rex who's adorable. Uh huh. And the tiny little T Rex and the bar are gonna fight it out. And the tiny little T Rex has a really big mouth. Yes, he does. He kind of reminds me of Audrey too from Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, a little bit. I could see that. But this yeah. thing is like he's he's got a powerful headbutt. Number one. Yeah, he's got really sharp teeth. Apparently, as we discover, yeah. his tail it can propel him high into the air. He thumps it on the ground, and it propels him high in the air. Um, yeah. and really, he's just a dick. He really is a dick. <laughs> he's not. This is. I mean, this is an animal story, so conventional morality doesn't apply. And at the end, uh, you know, at the end of his epic battle with the bear. Basically, he's caved the bear's chest in. The bear is lying helpless on his back, (laughs) and Gon crawls up there into the indentation and lays down to take a nap. No, that that little dinosaur is not a dick at all. 
<laughs> in the body of his vanquished foe. You know what? This is survival of the yeah, fittest. We're not talking about whether Batman can fight the Joker. We're talking about how adorable it is that this little super deformed dinosaur just killed a full-size black bear. <laughs> there is the second story. But even, then then he goes hunting. Yeah, then he goes from from he goes from the uh Yosemite National Park. Well, we don't know where it is, but then he goes out to the uh, Serengeti uh or the wilds uh-huh. of Africa. And here's a lion looking to uh, jump a new or uh, antelope. I think that's a wildebeest. Wildebeest, antelope, whatever it may be. Can't catch it. And little Gon comes up, gives him a headbutt in the face, stomps on his head, then proceeds to ride the lion through the entire issue using his tail to (laughs) whip him like he is some kind of a horse and proceeds to continue to uh, beat this animal, this lion, until it catches up to... The wildebeest and finally brings it down. Right. Uh, it is. Uh, it's so interesting how Gon is controlling. At which animals. point, yeah, Gon and the lion eat the wildebeest. Yeah, they do. I mean, they do share it. I mean, that is part of the thing that kind of redeems Gon a little bit in my in my eyes is that he literally rips this uh, wildebeest in half with one bite and says, "Here, you can have half, and and I'll eat half. Uh, we worked together on this." Yeah. I haven't worked for you in the 21st century, but I can tell you that what Gon does to that lion is very similar to your management techniques <laughs> in the mid to, to early 90s. So um, you can call him evil if you want. <laughs> See, and e- even if you if you look at it and you hate the little bastard, and it's easy to hate the little bastard, actually, you you have to appreciate the craft and how much fun... You know, it is to read the stories of this little bastard. Oh, I'm not saying it's they're not enjoyable to read. They are enjoyable to read. It's just like, but it, I'm just saying that he is just this evil little, evil little thing. I expect a monkey to jump out of the tree and try to ride him at, at, at some point in the future. <laughs> he is a devil dinosaur. There's like, yeah, there's like nine volumes of this. And this I don't is, know how many. We're looking at just volume one. Yeah, just volume one, which has got uh, a couple of stories and, and, uh, what, what, what are the stories that are in here? Uh, gone, um, there's Gone, gone goes, goes Hunting. Gone Goes Hunting. Gone yeah. uh, builds a mansion, which is builds a, a mansion, story. Um, which is funny. Yeah. I, I Again, it's funny because here's Gone hanging out by the river and he sees his beaver chewing down a tree, felling an entire tree and then building a dam and building the beaver den. And Gone is like, well, what the heck? I can do this. And so Gon proceeds through this whole story to chomp down huge tree after huge tree after huge tree. And I mean, it goes on for page after page after page uh, of him just mm-hmm. taking down these trees, getting rid of any animal in his way. He gets rid of a coyote or a wolf. The cute little the, squirrel family. He gets rid of the woodpecker, gives him, sends them all packing. He gets rid of a bear. He tosses them all into the, the river and then proceeds to build the biggest dam and den that you have ever seen. It's not made out of little branches. It is made out of the entire forest. And then he dams the whole lake up and it proceeds to back up and flood the entire forest and all of the animals that are in the forest. It's funny. <laughs> and the angry the same time, beaver face. Yes. The point where the beaver comes up out of the water with pure hate in his yes. little beaver eyes. Yes. Yes. I love that panel. Yes. I want that to be my new screensaver. And I'm going to title it Beaver Hatred. <laughs> Beaver Hates Youth Today. Episode four, Gone Goes Flying. 
Okay, now this one is adorable. Go ahead. I'm not exactly sure. We've gone from the Serengeti to somewhere in the mountains now. Yes. Where Gon finds himself in a nest of baby eagles. And the mother flies in, of course, to feed them. And Gon is like, ah. <laughs> it really is cute because all the little eagles are like, eep, eep, eep. And yeah. Gon is like, ah. And I'm just surprised. With I his was big, half, hideous face. I was half expecting him to eat the eagle. You know? But no, he's right. more than, than happy to be the, the helpless little uh, baby eagle. And he defends the family against uh, what I think is a catamount or a lynx or something. Yeah, a bobcat or something, yeah. Yeah, some sort of creature. And it ends with this terribly entertaining moment where, you know, he takes out the, the enemy and he tries to fly and he fails to fly. Yes. So they drag him into the air with him. Yes, and they carry him. That, that to me nice. is just, that's wonderful. Yeah. The four, yeah, the, the four eagles carrying him because he saved the children while the catamount bleeds to death in the forest. Yes. Those are the four stories you know, that are in this first volume. There is no mercy in Gone. No. I will grant you that. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have, you know, higher, you know, higher thought processes. Even if it's just the moment where he's willing to defend his pseudo-adoptive family against an attacker mm-hmm. because they feed him. Mm-hmm. You know, that that cat came in to try and kill his family. And I think he did kill one of the uh, eaglets. Egrets? No, I don't think I'm sending so. my egrets. Not one of the eagles. He, he tried to. He had it in his mouth. Oh, the the. He shook it like yeah, a British yeah. nanny. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in any case, you know, it, it ends on that note that you only get in kids' cartoons. And I'm not going to let my kid read this, by the way. But I think that it's the kind of thing that would definitely appeal to a younger reader. Yeah. If there is such a. Yeah, I mean, I think, and that's the one thing it's, that I guess so there's a. Th- uh, thread on the floor, forum about somebody saying, well, what is a good book for kids? Gone looks cute, but it's not a book for kids. Yeah, it's really not. There's a lot of blood and you're going to be explaining why, you know, why did the uh, dinosaur hurt the bear? You're going to be explaining things like, what is this about and why are they trying to kill the other animals? And I, uh, the girl who rents my basement has a hatred of many Disney-esque cartoons because of the way they vilify the carnivores right because the carnivores you know in in the lion king the carnivores aren't inherently evil they're inherently hungry (laughs) they eat meat and in order to eat meat you have to kill some of the little animals of the forest and that's that's the circle of life man that's you know what they talk about from the day they arrive on the planet all that stuff so this book doesn't shy away from the question of what a carnivore is really like and it doesn't shy away from the fact that sometimes being a carnivorous creature means doing something that, by human terms, makes you a dick. Right, 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 right. Uh, you know, I would be, and, you know, I would almost be curious to see what my son. Now he's three. He likes reading comic books. He likes having the stories mm-hmm. read to him. I mean, he likes it when you read the the word balloons word for word. But there are times when I just skim through stuff. And again, I'm not saying that I'm exposing him to like the boys or Deadpool or something like that. I, you know, it's it's all the right. kitty kitty comics. Um, but sometimes I just pretend and make up a story as we go along and just make up all sorts of crazy sounds. And he likes just looking at them for the yeah. pictures. There's times when I hear just look through and look at the pictures. I'm wondering what his reaction yeah. would be to reading a story. Even this, uh, there in my version, in the CMX release, uh, they have a color of one, two, three, four page color story where gone is asleep. 
and there's this little rat that's mm-hmm. jumping through the forest and lands on his chest and is like, oh my God, I'm going to wake up this dinosaur. I better jump away. And Gon doesn't wake up. And then there's a hungry leopard that appears or a cheetah that appears and is going to bite Gon on the head. Bites him, but Gon doesn't wake up. In fact, I think he breaks his teeth on Gon's head. And then there's a rhino trampling through, uh, through the plains, runs right into Gon and sends him packing, just flies through the air. Gon comes crashing down, cracking a big old stone, still asleep the entire time. Then there's this little leaf that comes down from the tree and lands on his head and Gon snaps right awake and is like, what the F? It's a joke, Stephen. I know. These things happen. No, no, that's what, that's what Gon is doing. But I'm wondering what my son would right. think of that, if he would get it, if he would get the humor. Of I think your son would appreciate um, more. Have you ever played Tekken? No. Gon appears in one of the Tekkens, and I don't remember which Tekken, but he has uh, a fart attack. <laughs> where he will turn and enjoy <laughs> the fart attack. He, uh, that would be yeah. the only attack my son would use. That's the only attack he uses right now. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, there's, you know, it's just one of those things where he shows up for no reason and starts attacking people, which I thought was kind of, I'm going to play dumb, dumb white guy. uh, I'm going to play dumb white guy for a moment. It's just an act. When I first picked up this gone, I started reading it and I was wondering why the story was being told backwards. And then I read this thing that says, flip it. I'm supposed to read this book from right to left, not left to right. Uh, what CMX did in this version is they went and remastered the um, the version that you have, Matthew, uh, the original version, right. and they unflipped it. They put it back to the original manga uh, reading. And I guess for some people that's not a that's not a big deal. For me, it is because it's just it throws me off. It throws me off in the way I'm, I uh, well, naturally want to read it's it. It's difficult to get used to. Yeah, and I've done this before. I, I mean, I've got several before, and I think that. That uh, after a while I get used to it, but it's that first time, and it usually it takes me an entire volume to get used to back in the flow of reading right to left, and the panel order is reversed, and all of that stuff. And it's I don't know, it's mm-hmm. somewhat troubling. I don't know. Did you you is yours printed in the original? I mean, not in the original, in the flipped version. My yeah, mine is printed uh, right or left, left to right. right. I yeah, remember, but I there's remember, also no. Go ahead. The, there's also that argument that I always have is that people who insist that the manga has to be read right to left, I, I always imagine are the same douchebags who want to have like, you know, the British remaster of REM's third album <laughs> for that slight difference in Michael Stipe's intonation when he says everybody hurts, you know, it's, it's as an enjoyable experience forward as it is backward. I've read it both ways. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's it's not like I'm saying it's wrong to read it the original right to left, but we are left to right readers. Mm-hmm. And this story especially is not negatively affected no. by going left to right. No. You know, even um, I remember reading Akira uh, in the 80s when they were releasing those big Tetsuo! volumes. I forget how many pages. There were like 300 pages in a volume or something like that. Um, oh, yeah. And those were left to right translated and in the word balloons were, tr- you know, flipped and translated. And I remember in the back of those paperback volumes, I, I think uh, somehow those have lo- been lost in my move transitions. They actually had a comparison of here's the way we flipped it and translated it. Here's how it looked in the original form. And really even in Akira, there wasn't that big of a difference in, in flipping it. 
Uh, but I can see if you're trying yeah. to get people to appreciate to read uh, something the way it was originally written. You know, go watch an original uh, Kenneth Branagh ad- adaptation of Shakespeare. Don't go read uh, Ten Things I Hate About You or something like that. Um, Ten Things I Hate About You is a wonderful movie. Yes, but it's not the William True, William Shakespeare adaptation. Uh, I can see. I can I understand why CMX uh, uh, flipped this around. And if CMX was still around, I would say kudos to you guys. But CMX is no longer. Uh, but uh, the stories, eh, I don't know. I love the art. I love, love, love the art in this book. Really probably in the end would probably pass on the series. If you want to see some stunning art, go check this out. But story-wise, character-wise, eh, I'm kind of up in the air. Really don't care for it. Mm. It's not my bag either, but that doesn't change the fact that it's pretty fascinating to read. Oh, yeah. It's a quick read. Yes, it is. Especially when you, you know, realize there's probably no the hardest. Yeah. Probably the hardest part about it is getting used to that moment where you stop to look at the panorama and it, you know, damages the story flow in your head. Yeah, but yeah. I got to say, you know, it's not bad at all. If I were the kind of person who would be like, oh, man, I'm going to read this manga comic. and It's going to be awesome. I could see myself reading Gone. Now, is that something that I'm going to do on a regular basis? Hard to say. But if I bump into another issue of Gone, I'm not going to immediately go, oh, I'm not going to read that because that was something Rodrigo picked out and he was evil and he <laughs> no showed the podcast. <laughs> yes, Gone has been forever tarnished because of Rodrigo's no show show. Yeah. It's a no call, no show, too. No call. Well, I don't know. Me. I'm going to have to go and look. There's, I see Skype is now saying that there's a message. So. We'll see. It'll probably either be added previously or it will be added. Hey, guys, it's Rodrigo in the fields of central Kansas. I wanted to talk about Gone. That's right. I love dinosaurs. (laughs) They're fun. All right. This Uh, has dinosaurs and biting. Any uh, any final thoughts on this this week, Matthew? I would say that Gone is definitely a read option for you. Okay. Check your library, especially if you have a, you know, a good comic book uh, area in your library. Yeah. Yeah, Check it out. It's, it's different. You know, it's a nice palate cleanser. This is a good sorbet when you're, you know, walking around and you're like, Oh God, I can't read another Batman comic. Right. It's only wafer thin. No, no, I can't do it. But this time, you know, your guts won't explode all over the place. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think this is definitely a read because I do think that as fans of the medium that we need to be exposed to different types of stories, different types of artists, different types of works, different types of works from around the world. That's why every Thanksgiving I do that uh, Asterix uh, uh, review. I think. Oh, I thought it's because those were the only comics you could find in your parents' house. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, and that's why I think that uh, that Gone is worth checking out and worth reading. May not be your cup of tea. It may be totally up your alley, especially if you're into uh, dinosaur stories. Um, but uh, just a read from me. And that is Gone. In 60 seconds. In 60 seconds. With Angelina Jolie. All right, I think that wraps it up for this week's show. A little short this week, but that's because Rodrigo decided not to show up. Actually, he could. Yeah, way to we, go, Rodrigo. We totally, we totally understand why, why Rodrigo has to get out there because, as Matthew alluded to, major spoilers doesn't pay very much, if at all. And by if at all, I mean <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it's the if at all that makes it funny. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we do this because we love comics and we know that you do too. Next week, 
We're back into it. We're going to be taking a look at the Brat Pack. This is a Matthew recommendation. Why Brat Pack, Matthew? Because we love comics, and we know you do too, and occasionally it's fun to see 17-year-olds beating each other senseless and cursing like sailors. Excellent. Can't wait till next week with Brad Pack. We'll see you then. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well, I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew He kicked my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron, I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fine be in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers Podcast Copyright 2010